Hello, my name is Tyler Chisholm, and welcome to a special episode of Collisions YYC Current and Critical, a focus episode where I sit down with local leaders to discuss the topics of the day. I'm sitting here this morning with my, well, I'm going to be bold, brother from another mother, Mr. Chad Croker. How are you doing, Chad? been quite a few years. Yes. It has. I don't even know. When did we start dating? Oh, two, oh, three? I don't know. It's been a it while. It was. I think it was. It was, uh, it was 2002, just at the beginning of 2002. It has been quite the ride. Chad and I are good friends. We're business partners. We've known each other for almost two decades. I'll say that. I think it's maybe 17 mm-hmm. years. And today we're here to talk about leadership. And this is something that I'll be very candid. I've watched this. I've watched you go through this journey as your business partner, as your friend, as someone who's been a big part of your life. Watching you evolve your journey as a leader, I think is very unique to yourself, but also as leaders, it's oftentimes we end up in these positions and then it's like, oh, oh geez, I need to be a leader. No one really, no one really told me how to do it. No one, you know, you can read a million books, but what's your style? And the concept of vulnerable leadership, you brought up to me a few years back as your own evolution. And I think that's a real valuable thing to share with people on the journey of leadership and what it means. And maybe I'll just turn it over to you and like, what's, what's vulnerable, what's, what's leadership mean to you? And more importantly, what's vulnerable leadership? Yeah. So I guess really what it all comes down to, I was thinking about this on the drive in this morning of, of, uh, kind of the concept of connection, like connection with people. But when you're connecting with people as a leader, you really do have to find your own, you know, your own path. And, you know, from when we started uh, Clear Motive together, and as the business grew, as the clients grew, as our relationship grew as leaders, and your role as CEO and my role as really the creative director at the beginning, and as that grew in, uh, my my leadership um, kind of took almost a bit of a of a line between mentorship and connection with the team. And so one thing that I really found early on was, you know, whether I just remember um, the book Winning was one of the first leadership books that I read. Okay. And um, I'll remember who the author was afterwards, I'm sure. But not right <laughs> Google, now. Google knows. Google yeah. knows. <laughs> um, but it, it really was like your sort of typical corporate leader, right? The aggressive, assertive, like you know, take charge, um, that type of style. And I remember thinking early on, you know, I need to kind of take on this, this sense of leadership from a control perspective. And I, as I was working with the team and, and again, primarily with creative people, which, you know, generally speaking are, are, you know, you're wearing your work on your sleeve and you're, you know, you're putting your heart out there and you are really passionate about, you know, what you're doing and you're designing and you're writing and, you know, every time you put something out there, it's like, is this good enough kind of thing, <laughs> you know, and especially in a service minded uh, business and, and culture, you know, it was really about what, what is really actually going to get the, the best out of these, out of these people that we're working with. And so that's where I had this kind of fight in my mind of going, you know, what's, what would I do, you know, if I'm in their position, how can I be the best uh, sort of mentor to them? How can I help our organization make money? You know, how can I make sure that our clients are being supported in the best way possible? And yet in the back of my mind, I was always thinking, well, I need to kind of be, you know, different. And I think there's a part of it where I think as a professional and as someone who's, you know, constantly driving for growth and things like that, you always want to be better. But it was a very different thing to think about being different. And I felt like my personality was different. I felt like, well, my personality is I just want to, you know, sit and, you know, next to, to James as we're working on the Honda website or something like this. And I just want to work with him. 
And yet I felt like, well, maybe there's a different attitude that I need to bring to the table as a leader. Maybe I need to talk to him differently. And that different, just, I think it's interesting to touch on that. Is that because of, you know, I, I always joke sometimes so much of what we learn in life is what we've been taught by Hollywood, the Hollywood leader and the, and you know, the, that almost military top down, like it's an illusion. Totally. And, you know, I went through school. I didn't take any courses on leadership. I didn't take any courses on mentorship. I, that just wasn't, you know, it was always very like learn the, the thing, not yeah. necessarily the soft side of it as much. And you get into business and I've you know had this conversation with multiple people and often they try to take on a persona that they've seen in someone else and they go, well, and just always using yeah. outside examples. And yeah. That's like, well, we, you, we know that don't work, but when you're early in your, in your career, what other, what, oftentimes you don't have any other way to figure that out. You mentioned Hollywood and it's, you know, everything from whether it's an advertising movie or something like, you know, Wolf of Wall Street, right? You just look at these sort of like, well, these high powered business people, like I want to be like that, or I want to be like, you know, we, we said this so many times that, you know, the reveal in real life advertising is not like, you know, they have it in the movies, right? <laughs> not like, like nobody, it's, I mean, it's not like Mad Men. Yeah. <laughs> nobody really likes the surprise in, in, in real life advertising, right? It's like it's the unveil risky, of like, here's risky. your campaign. Like, you know, people don't work that way, right? And so in the same breath, it's people don't work that way in real life when you have this, you know, super, um, you know, top-down driven, you know, leadership style. Uh, I believe that, and, and perhaps more than ever now, uh, people, people are drawn to this sort of like, you know, sharing lifestyle, right? So I want to know if I'm working with you or if I'm working for you, the more that I know about you and the more that I actually believe you and trust you and understand you, the greater and the harder that I'm going to work. And so flip that around and now I go, okay, well, the more that I know about my team, the more that I'm going to get out of them. And, you know, the often uh, challenge is that, you know, you think as a leader that you, you kind of need to get to know, you know, how each individual works so that you can get the most out of them. But what a lot of times people don't talk about from a leadership perspective is what is it that actually allows you to truly get to know that, that person? And I would argue that the best way that you get to know that person is letting them get to know you. And that's really where vulnerability shows up for me is, you know, what are the things that I can be honest about uh, and just share that, you know, I might be concerned about. Like if a, if a client comes in and says, you know, here's what the goal is, uh, we're in a unique situation where it's not like, you know, here's your boxes that you just need to check and you just kind of do the work. Like we're not, you know, we're not counting beans, right? Like we're, we're doing creative, thoughtful, you know, brainstorming, uh, and, and you get the best work when you ask the best questions and to ask the best questions, you need to put yourself out there. So that's where I think it was, it was really the, you know, sort of the creativity part of, of my personal journey that allowed me to kind of go, okay, well, I really want to, you know, sort of be on the same sort of almost peer to peer relationship with the team that I'm trying to get the most out of mm -hmm. and therefore share and expose some of the things that I might be stressed about. And then they start to realize that it's okay to be stressed. It's okay to feel like I don't know what the answer is. It's okay to have this blank sheet of white paper in front of me and I've got to create something. Which and can be a very intimidating experience. <laughs> totally. And you know, it's, it's just a very, um, you know, and I, I bringing this back to the relevance of, of today and sort of the situation that we're in 
where there's no you know trade shows right now and sort of the typical ways that people like are out and about and rushing and going and you know doing uh, there's a different mentality now where people are are more in a position I think of learning because they're you know in a lot of ways isolated right like you you were connecting virtually we're you know having these mm-hmm. Uh, Google Hangouts or Zoom meetings or whatever, and you're you're still connecting with people, and oftentimes you're on the phone all day long, but you're still kind of you're left to your own uh, individual sort of discipline and connection, and 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 it's a different way of connecting with people. So from that perspective, there's a different sort of path of learning and a different path of um, connecting than we have in the past, and. That's so. So it's a, it's a it's a transition again, you know. It's, it is constantly evolving. Something you said to me years ago, it stuck with me, and I, I quote you on it on a regular basis. And and and, and uh, put your CK after it, just so you know. You always get credit. <laughs> was oftentimes we feel we have to trust someone to be vulnerable, but the second we're vulnerable, it increases trust. Mm-hmm. And to me, that was a really interesting shift because it's like, well, you know, I'll wait till they kind of really I get to get to know who they are, and then I'll show them who I really am. But, you know, talk about life hacks or leadership hacks, being vulnerable right away, I do agree with you. It rapidly increases trust. Even your own journey as a leader, when did that, because that feels like a shift because it's not, it wasn't the beliefs I had before. It's the beliefs I'm working on having now. For yourself, was there a specific time or was it just through trial and error? Let's be honest, like how a lot of times we learn leadership. How did you arrive at that? Because I think that's a very profound statement. It really has had its impact on, on me weekly. I think about it all the time. Yeah, I. it's interesting to think about there being an actual time that this happened, like a milestone. And I completely agree with what you're saying. Like it, it, it's a transition. It's just a process. And I think in the progress of learning through trial and error, um, understanding that you have to, in order to, in order to create, connection because i think that connection is before trust and and so i would say like you know as much as there's vulnerability to create trust it's it takes vulnerability to create connection which creates trust Hmm. Uh, okay right so there's almost a there's almost a stopgap you know in in between those two and and i just found through relationships in general so this wasn't necessarily directly a, a leadership thing uh this was in you know peer relationships and you know, family relationships and all those types of things where uh, allowing people to recognize that you're sort of going through similar things and similar challenges allows them to open up. And so that's where the whole, I guess, concept of, of vulnerability being, and, and I mean, it's vulnerability with boundaries, of course, you know, especially in a professional environment. I think that, yeah, we can, you're right. Sometimes it feels, someone might be listening and be like, whoa, that feels risky. It feels, because it is kind of risky. But something I know you and I've chatted about even over the last couple of years is like, yes, and you still need to have your boundaries. Totally. And I think that's a really important, you know, it's not just vulnerability, bar none, no questions asked. There is criteria around it. Absolutely. Just to be, you know, you got to protect yourself as well. Let's be transparent about that. Mm-hmm. Totally. Uh it, it is, and and you you know of course have different boundary levels uh, depending on the the type of connection that you have with the people, right? And obviously, you know, you and I have different boundaries than I would with you know an employee or with a client or you know someone that I just met in the hallway kind of thing, right? And and that's one thing that I've really learned from you actually in in a lot of 
this progress for me was because part of the trial and error was I, I, I stepped past my boundaries there. You know, and there's oh, been a couple okay. of times where you've said, you're like, wow, I was really surprised that you went that deep with that person. And it was like, in my efforts of creating connection with that person, I went too far. And I like that. I like the honesty of like good intentions can sometimes step over the boundaries. Totally. It absolutely is. The, and the overshare is a real thing. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And and the undershare is a real thing too. Yes, it, yeah. Ab- right. Yes, and yes. And so there's a sweet spot that, you know, you have to find with individual people. I remember, you know, some of the early like NLP sales training, those types of things mm-hmm. where um, you really get to know the person before you can really start to create connection with the person. And that's, you know, that's a foundational principle in connections and relationships across the board. You need to invest the time. If I recognize that one of our creative people, you know, is really sensitive in one particular area, I'm going to go and sit beside him. I remember having a conversation, you know, I, I spoke a little bit about uh, James earlier. And this was just, uh, the reason it comes up was because, you know, he was an artist as well as a creative when we were working on the, on the uh, Honda website. And he said, he goes, well, you know, I, I can't have this pressure because like if, I, if I'm at home and I'm drawing, like I'll sometimes take five hours to just, you know, draw something small and I need that flexibility in order to work. And I said, well, that's great that you do that at home, but we're, you're doing this to get paid here. And as a professional, you also have to be fast as well as good. <laughs> and, and, and I wouldn't be able to kind of assert that, uh, that mentorship or um, leadership unless I really truly understood, you know, his mentality and his personality and those types of things. And so, you know, I'd often think of like the balance and the strategy of, you know, there's all sorts of different schools of thought about how close you get, you know, to your teammates and, and, and who you're working with and stuff. But what I found was that the more uh, sort of personal relationship and connection that I had with them, the more I was able to really encourage growth in, in individual areas because now they weren't scared of me. And as a leader, when you lean in on those opportunities to to help them develop and move forward, it's like, what, what, how much permission do you have to get in there? Because anybody can tell anybody what to do, but anybody can not listen yeah. <laughs> as well. But when you've got trust and you've got rapport and you've been vulnerable and you're not coming at this like, I'm perfect and I'm here to tell you what to do, that puts up a lot of walls, puts up walls for me immediately. But I know that person is coming with good intentions because I've seen them be vulnerable with me. It does change the dynamic. There's yeah. no question. And sometimes in business, it can easily get dismissed by like, oh, that's kind of fluffy. But we're kind of fluffy as humans. We're, we're well, let's put it this way. We're complex. <laughs> totally. Well, and I, and I think about you know, vulnerability that creates trust. Uh, another angle to look at it is that vulnerability creates inspiration. Okay, t- so, tell me more. So if you, if, if I'm, you know, sort of exposing a certain level of, you know, concern that I have, and I, you know, I'll, I'll bring up um, a conversation that I had with a senior leader a couple of months ago, where to make significant change in their organization, and this was a, a large organization, and, you know, we're sitting and having coffee together and talking about this, and he was saying, it's not just about what I believe is the best for the organization. It's also what I believe is best for the board. It's also what I believe is best for the senior you know, management. And I'm the one that is responsible to make a lot of these really difficult decisions. And so the more that I'm able to say, I believe that this is the best thing for the organization, and at the same time, I'm totally honest in recognizing that there might be another route. 
And if any of you feel that there's a better route than the route that I'm taking, please take me aside one-to-one and let's have a conversation about it. But unless that happens, I need to push forward in this direction. And I need to take risky, I need to make risky decisions. And I might have to make a decision that's wrong, but I'm the one that's responsible for that. And that is such a shift from, in my mind, this mindset or this, like, and I'm just always going to call it the Hollywood version of the leader who comes in and my answer is the only answer and I will not be questioned. Yeah. What does that make people do? It makes them question you to a certain extent. Totally. But a vulnerability around like, this is the best decision I'm able to make with the information I have, please contribute. And they're like, no, you know what? We we agree with you. That's a very different, creates a level of permissibility and permission and and we're aligned versus this is the way, get on board or get off. And totally. to me, that almost feels like an older version of leadership mm-hmm. <laughs> versus what you're talking about feels like a much more future-paced or you know a, a better version. I, yeah. I'll be blunt. I think it's a better version. Yeah, it's uh, it's funny where, you know, I was just talking with, uh, this is from a parenting perspective of leadership. Um, you know, my son's 11 years old and it's funny when you are in a professional environment, you know, there's a certain sort of, you know, depth or length that you'll go to. Uh, as a parent, you there's no limit, right? <laughs> no matter how frustrated I am with you, you're still my son yeah. tomorrow. Absolutely. <laughs> and I'm just... And in, a, in a work environment, you can both decide that maybe this isn't right. You can go separate ways. Yeah. But your kids are your kids forever. <laughs> yeah. And, you know... I like that. You're, you're 100% in. You know, speaking, of, speaking very vulnerably, I was having a really hard time with my son. And I'm going, like, I'm not even enjoying spending time with him right now. And I love my son and we'd spend lots of times, like we'd go dirt biking together and all these kinds of great things. But it was like, we had a good 10 day stint where I was like, I'd be fine if he, you know, just stays in his room. And I appreciate the vulnerability of a parent to say like, we don't like each other right now. Yeah. And, and I, that's part of it. And there's parents out there cringing and laughing and smiling all at yeah. the same time. While they listen well, and, to I, and I just, I sat down with them and I said, I don't want this type of relationship with you. Like I like to hang out with you, but I have a responsibility as your father to turn you into a strong you know, powerful man. And, you know, these are the things that I see that you're great at. And these are the things that are driving me crazy. And I, well, I had a conversation That's with his counselor. Like a very vulnerable moment for everybody. <laughs> yeah. And I, I sat down and talked with his counselor, you know, cause he's in, he's, uh, he's in counseling and, and I sat down with his therapist and I said, you know, I need to figure this out. And she said, it's an incredibly powerful thing to, um, to truly understand kind of, and show them that you understand what they're going through. And, when you and and you've said this before, you've you know you kind of like pointed at a cup on a table and be like, "Here's the problem. The problem is not you. The problem is the cup, right?" And how many times have we had those conversations? Absolutely, right? many. Where it's like, let's separate ourselves, and and so there's a responsibility that I have as a father and as a leader, and you know, as a friend, and all these you know different relationships that I've got in my life is to align with the person when there's a problem that's going on, and say, "This is the thing that we're dealing with." And I recognize that this is hard for you as it is hard for me. So bringing that all back to this conversation with this senior leader is that oftentimes when we're, you know, in a position of transformation, we have to make decisions that in the back of our mind, we're going, I'm not sure if this is right, but I have, I'm more sure that I'm unsure, but that's part of making senior level decisions. Right. And it's hard to ever be a hundred percent. And the expectation is that I need to call, I need to walk into that room or I need to, you know, step onto that zoom call and I need to be confident and I need to be secure in my decision and know where I'm going. And oftentimes the result of that means I need to be very dictatorship almost in that conversation of going like, this is the direction that we're going. This is what we're doing. And this is my decision. 
And people then are left with an opportunity to walk off the phone going, I either agree with it or I don't. And you're talking about agreeing with the direction and the decision, not about agreeing with the leader. Huh. I like it. And so if you are vulnerable in that conversation, so take that same situation, but instead of being dictatorship, you're going, this is the decision that I need to make because I'm the CEO in the organization or I'm the you know manager of this particular department and I need to make this decision. This is my responsibility to the company and this is my responsibility to you. I'm letting you know that I believe that with the information that I have at hand, this is the best decision to make going forward. What that allows your team to do is align with you not allowing with the decision. Well, that's a really interesting shift versus the, because it already feels better. Like just like, you know, in my gut, I'm like, oh, that feels like I'm, it's inclusive. feels like we're in it together. But yet it doesn't seem like you're placating your, your responsibility. Like yeah. As a leader, I have to make the decision. It's my role. It's what I kind of quote unquote signed up for. But I love the, you're aligning with the leader versus aligning with the thing, with the cup sitting on the table. That's a great, that's a great yeah. shift of that the kind of metaphor. Yeah. And, you know, so... <sighs> Yeah, there's, I mean, there's, there's so many areas and I mean, we could, you know, probably talk for hours on this whole thing, but really the concept part is- Part two, part three, part four. <laughs> yeah. The, the thing for me is that uh, vulnerability can only come if you're actually confident in yourself as well. And so as much as we say that vulnerability connects, creates connection, vulnerability creates trust, vulnerability forces you to be confident. And if you are coming out, you know, onto the, the, the meeting or you're, you know, connecting with somebody and you're having the conversation with them and you're confident enough to be vulnerable, actually take that and flip it and go, am I vulnerable enough to be confident? I like that because I immediately think about the times when you kind of almost try to oversell because you're not confident. Yeah. And it shows immediately. Like, you know, you, you, something you always joke, like never before have our bullshit meters been as sensitive as they are in this world that we live in. And when someone's selling so hard, you're like, oh, wow, they really don't believe in themselves because, man, they went overboard on that idea. Yeah. Versus someone who shows up with like, hey, this is what I believe. Like you said, based on the information that I have, this is the best decision I'm able to make. What do you think? Do I have any blind spots? What do you see that I don't see? Somebody, I was driving with someone the other day and they said, oh, hey, watch out over there. They're like, oh, sorry, I don't want to be a backseat driver. I'm like, whoa, stop. I didn't see that thing you just pointed out. It's okay. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. I'm not so vulnerable as a yeah, driver yeah. that, oh my God, you've questioned me now as a man, as a human, because I don't know how to drive. Like, I didn't see that. I didn't see that dog or that kid or whatever it was. Like, it was a real, like the consequences were real. Yeah. But their fear immediately was, oh, sorry, I don't want to tell you what to do. I'm like, I didn't take it that way. I took it as you, like, you, you saw my blind spot, literally and figuratively. Yeah. Five years ago, 10 years ago, I might've been like, don't tell me how to drive. That's a, that, but it's a great meta, driving such a great metaphor because well, we all think we're the best at it in our own little, in our own little world. But that moment I was, and they were like, oh, okay. I said, if we're ever driving together and you see something I don't see, you have the green light to tell me. They're like, okay, thanks. Good. And we moved on. So good. But we, we were a little bit closer after that weird little tiny interaction. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and that is exactly what relationships are is all these series of tiny interactions. <laughs> yeah. You, Constantly you, laddering, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You talk about the progress essentially of, you know, five years ago, I may not have made that same comment. And the one of the things that I love about you know where we are in this world of you know virtual uh, connection and social. I mean, as much as I mean, social just sounds like such a massive umbrella term. But I mean, I've been writing content lately, and I've been reaching out to different people that you know are like I'm essentially cold calling through LinkedIn. And I mean, we all know, you know, being on the other side of that, it's like 
you know, we know a genuine connection versus, a, you know, a bullshit sales connection. Yes, we do. Right? Like, we, we all get them. We'll get three today. Yeah. It's like, oh, I, I read this sales book on LinkedIn and now I'm going to like, you know, make this happen. And you go through and check off all the boxes and stuff like that versus just being genuinely curious. And, and one of the things that I love about the progress that I think our society has made is that people really do appreciate authenticity. They really do appreciate you know, being genuine. Um, they appreciate people being genuine with them. And I've been, I've been sort of playing around with this as I connect with different people that, you know, it, it, it takes courage to, you know, connect with a senior VP of a brand that, you know, has no connection with you at all. Uh, this one particular one that I was reaching out to is in Milwaukee and, and, you know, I have no connection in Milwaukee, but I connect with this person because I was genuinely curious about their brand. I was genuinely curious and I did a little bit of research and I, I really honestly wasn't like, I knew that there was a prospecting component of this, but I was genuinely interested in the person. And the way that I did that was by showing a little bit, a little piece of vulnerability of myself and the reason why I wanted to connect with this person. And I almost immediately got a response. Now, is that from connection or is it from the fact that maybe this guy isn't hustling and bustling like he may have, you know, been four months ago? Mm -hmm. He's not running from one trade show to another or, you know, stuck, you know, in, in straight meetings all day long. He's in a different environment. Is the environment now more suitable to be vulnerable, to be connecting with people in, in you know, virtual terms? And I, and so the vulnerability component, you know, is, is great for trust, for leadership, you know, for connection with peers, for prospecting, because what it's all aligned with is that vulnerability is what drives positive and connect positive connections and positive relationships whether it's leadership or whether it's because what is leadership it's about it's human connection to, to, yeah. to your point uh, yeah. leadership who gets great for titles of books and we all focus on it but really what it is how do you connect and positively influence the outcomes around you really totally. at, at the end of the day and i think we've been sold through media and through maybe the old way versus the new way that's an oversimplification this false bill of goods that the basically leadership superhero syndrome. Like I must have all the answers and be all powerful and never question and never have emotions and never be human. It's just not real. Yeah. <laughs> but I yeah. think a lot of leaders come into positions because they were really good at one thing. Then all of a sudden they get to lead other people at that thing and aren't necessarily given the tools f like for their own selves, let alone even any kind of a playbook of, of how to, you know, even though there's a million books out there, you still have to interpret what it means for you to your point. Yeah, like you yeah. can't just, you know, and you and I have talked about this, like, oh, I watched this, I read this book and I'm going to be this way now. But then all of a sudden it drifts because you're like, ah, it's not really authentic. It's not me. Totally. You need to take the pieces and bake your own cake. Yeah. Which can be very, it can be scary. What well, is scary? <laughs> it, it is. And, and I guess if there was, you know, the one sort of takeaway that I would love for the, you know, the listeners to kind of walk away with is, you know, it's, it's kind of a, maybe a, a slightly consistent version of the cliche of like, you know, sort of be who you are, but the, the, the greatest transition and thinking back to, you know, your question of like, what was the milestone event? I remember when we were flying to Toronto together, one of the first times that you and I were, you know, sitting across the aisle and yeah, just the lucky people, with. the lucky people around us got to listen to a three and a half hour business yeah. meeting of Tyler and Chad across from each other. Cause we both wanted the aisle, but we still wanted to yeah. talk. We're both like totally loud, fast talking and just like drinking ah. coffee. Yeah. We're just like, this is awesome. You know, we're so excited, but I I'll me remember when we used to fly. Those were the good old days. Yeah, I, was, oh, right. I, I miss that. I do miss that actually. Um, I, I had a conversation with you and I remember asking the question is that, you know, what, what do I, so if I, if I look at, 
you know, a variety of different criteria as a leader. What are the areas that I really need to focus on? Because, you know, I was sort of given the luxury of, you know, being a partner with you is that I didn't have to focus so heavily on the finances because that would have really stressed me out. I'm not good at finances. Like I don't think about finances in the same way that you do. And so I'm incredibly grateful for you um, on (laughs) that side of the business, you know, and some of the operations and some of these decision-making and stuff like that. And, And I remember you saying to me, you're like, well, as a leader, I think ultimately there's, you lose the luxury of, you know, not being like at least a three out of five on sort of everything, right? So you look at like, you know, creativity, operations, leadership, you know, whatever, the, the criteria of an executive leader. And I may be, you know, a one out of five on finance at that point, but I've lost the luxury of being a one out of five. So I need to at least get it to a three out of five, but I don't need to be a five out of five. Mm. And so what I'll do is I'll take my you know, my passion, my personality, the way that I speak to people and at risk of maybe oversharing sometimes, I would rather risk oversharing because that's my personality and I can actually sink into that personality and I can really truly be me because I feel comfortable in that environment. Well, it's not as hard to pull it off because it's true. (laughs) Yeah, and that's exactly, that's the thing and that's why it's a cliche of like really truly be who you are. And if you feel that, you know, I did at that time was I just want to really get to know people, but I felt like sometimes, well, as a leader, like I shouldn't really get that level of depth with any individual particular person because that's not the right, you know, thing that I read in that winning leadership book, right? Do you still have that book kicking around? Oh, yeah, you, still do. You, 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 as a reminder, there's a some there's a whole lot of things that I'm that's not me. It was it was that yellow book with the General Electric uh, leader. Um, Anyways. Oh, with, uh, yeah, 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 um, Welsh. Yes, Jack Welsh. Jack Welsh. I yeah. remember when you read that. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, to- I do remember. And <laughs> yes, you, you were quoting it for a while. Absolutely. Totally. Yeah, you are. That's right. Because there are yeah, these, Jack Welsh. That's right. There's these books that just inspire you at the time. And, and now the risk is that you kind of use that as like a Bible for your life at that point. And it's not the way that you, I don't think, it's the way that you should read a book. A leadership book, a business book is like, okay, this is the way Jack Welsh says that I should lead. So I'm going to lead like Jack Welsh. No, I'm going to lead like Chad Croker, right? I'm going to lead and I'm going to, and I'm going to. Just giving yourself permission for that is a challenge for a lot of people. Totally. Yeah. Because you're right. We're always, we're, we should, we should ourselves, we should lead like Jack Welsh. No, we can learn from Jack Welsh yeah. and then bring it in and assess, but that's the permission to do that can be challenging. Mm-hmm. And, and even, you know, in, in a, uh, you know, when you're, when you're leading with other people, I mean, you and I've said this so many times where it's so great to be in a partnership because you get to do things together, right? Like, you know, a lot of people will say like leadership is a lonely place and you know, all those types of things, which I don't necessarily agree with, but the concept is, is that it it can be, if you isolate yourself in it. Totally. (laughs) But you and I have always, you know, we've connected and, and we've been, um, in a position where we've easily, uh, sort of played off of each other's weakness. I would say each, each other's in, strengths, our, in I mean. our world, we've made leadership a team sport. And even when it was challenging, it was still better because there was someone you could go like, hey, this is what I'm thinking of doing. You could always run it by an external perspective. And it felt easier to be vulnerable because the trust was well entrenched. And yeah. it, made, it made a difference. And, and it had to be, there was a portion of my life where I had to go, okay, so, you know, this is what I've done to this date. And now I remember early on, you know, really when you first took on the the CEO role, uh, it was like, oh, well, I need to kind of be like Tyler or I need to lead like Tyler or I need to, you know, I need to, cont- I need to have as much, you know, fill in the blank as Tyler. And I, 
And when I really actually leaned into the confidence of just going, no, we're different people and that's totally okay. He's the CEO and that is awesome. I'm so grateful for that. So that allows me to then lean in on, you know, mentoring the creative team or mentoring or working on copy or, you know, fast forward today, work on, you know, content and different things, right? So it takes a lot of confidence, especially when you're leading with somebody that, you know, has a very drip, like you're the most disciplined driven, <laughs> you know, leader. And sometimes it's like, oh, I need to be as good in this particular area, but it's, it takes a lot of confidence and it takes a lot of vulnerability to just be like, no, this is where my lane is and this is where I need to focus. And I'm not going to try to be like anybody else. I'm just going to try to continually be a better version of myself. That's such an interesting, like back to the, you know, leadership is just, we're, we're all having a human journey. Like, you know, this isn't a business and leadership isn't about business. It's about life. And, you know, like you said, I really love about how much confidence it takes to, to just say, I don't have the answers. Yeah. In a world where like, well, you're the leader, you should have all the answers. Like that's, it's actually a ridiculous concept, but I think it's been carried for a long period of time. And, and the role, you know, the conversation around the role is always so powerful where, you know, going back to the conversation with my son, my role as your father is this, this is what I'm responsible to do. And I'll, I'll, I'll say this, like, you know, if I was sitting with my kids right now, I'd be like, what is my responsibility as your father? My responsibility is to love you, to encourage you and to help you grow. That's my role. There's a lot of other things that kind of come underneath that. But I would argue as a leader in business, you know, what is, what is our role? My, my role is to make hard decisions for the direction of the company. You know, like our role, your role. Any, any leader, their role and their responsibility is to make difficult decisions. But that doesn't mean that you're not gonna be open about those decisions and say that I have three different scenarios. I have three different directions that I can go. This is the direction that I'm choosing with the information that I have. If anybody has other information, please knock on my door, call me, right? Have the conversation because, you know, at the absence or in the absence of a better direction or in the absence of more information, this is the decision that I'm going to make. And that vulnerability is what actually creates the better outcome and creates connection with your team. Well, the trust that that creates when you actually say it, but then you actually do it. Because there's saying, there's like, sometimes we say things as leaders because we think it's the right thing to say. But you're, you know, our team, especially in an intimate environment, which is every team these days. And I think that, like you said, as we work from home and as we are more, more isolated, even though we're on Zoom calls all day, I think we're looking for more authenticity. We're looking like the more disconnected we become, the more way we seek out connection. Mm -hmm. And nothing better than including people like, hey, what do you think? Well, I don't really know. I'm like, okay, cool. Well, if you think of something, let me know. Because, you know, I'm, I'm okay to, to accept new information tomorrow that'll change my decision from yesterday. Yeah. And as a leader, that can, that can be hard sometimes because I think we were taught that you should know, be steadfast, be consistency is, is rewarded. It is, but the inability to take on new information and make a better decision, that, that kind of is, that, that, that ends up being punished because it doesn't yeah. connect with people and you get close to the inability to say, Hey, hmm, I guess I made a mistake. Okay. I'll be open. Like those simple things are very, they say they're easy to say now, but when they happen in real life, you've got to really be centered with who you are to say, Whoa, well, I guess I made a mistake there. And people are like, oh, yeah. oh, you mean you, you, oh, you make mistakes too? Oh, okay. We're, I guess we're human together. It sounds so armed. It's like simple armchair psychology, but in real life under fire in a heavy stress world that we live in of every decision feels critical. Yeah. It takes a lot of discipline to pull it off. Well, you know, every decisions these days, they're all make or breaks in one way or another as we go through this, you know, you can never predict the future, but I would say now less than ever coming through COVID, 
I don't like. It's hard to even know what next week's going to be like. Yeah. Well, and that's what's been the, you know, what's the wording they use the the great you know uh, the, the equalizer <laughs> the great equalizer right is that you know we're all in a position where you know nobody nobody's crystal ball is working right now, and I and the and the sneaky benefit. Of, I love the word sneaky benefit. <laughs> I would make a t-shirt says that. Yeah, the sneaky benefit of, of really being vulnerable with your team is that it gives you the opportunity that at the end, if you did make a wrong decision, then you at least gave them the opportunity to step up at the time. I love it. You, 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 you give yourself an out. Yeah. But, but with positive intent. Yeah. Because I mean, you know, we've all been in the scenario where it's like somebody at the end is like, well, I told you so, or I, I could see this coming. It's like, no, you didn't because I asked you. But if I didn't, if I didn't ask you, then I'm like, it, it creates animosity immediately. Yeah. Mm. And so that's ah, such an interesting, what an, what, an, what an interesting ride we are as, as a bunch of individuals <laughs> that are trying to sort out one, our own stuff and then bolt it all together in an organization or a family or a friend group or a peer group and, yeah. and survive on the Island together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Chad, I really appreciate, and sorry, this sounds like a cliche, your vulnerability today. <laughs> and as someone who's worked with you for many, many years, and you know, you and I've had many versions of this conversation and just the idea of being able to put it out to the world is vulnerable in itself because people might listen to this and be inspired. People might listen to it and feel that it was fluffy or soft, but either way, if they're listening, it's a win because it gives yeah. them a chance to, you know, be inspired by a potentially another way to look at things. And there is no, I don't believe there is a set formula for leadership or even a remote formula for it, but self-improvement and your own awareness is the, is to me, that is the foundation of leadership. Leadership's the output. Yeah, absolutely. I, I appreciate the, you know, the opportunity to connect in a different platform. You know, we chat every day, all day, <laughs> but now to be able Not to with do the microphones it, bolted yeah. in front of our face, though, it's different. It feels a little different. Yeah. People are listening in. What are they thinking? You know, that's. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, and, and I'm, yes, absolutely. The, the, the vulnerability of just putting out an idea to the world and being okay that some people like it and some people won't, mm -hmm. but the people that do, if it inspires, if, it's, if one person has listened to this, like you said, and goes, Hey, maybe there's a different way I can try this. Or maybe there's, let's be honest over the last four months, there's a lot of people and I've had other guests on talking about leadership. There's a lot of people have been tested at a level where even I had one, one of my, one of my guests said, he said, you know, I'm talking to a lot of people and they don't like how they showed up during this. Yeah. It's not just about what your team thinks. It's like, wow. First, first audience is always the audience of one. If you can look in the mirror and you're like, I don't like the way I acted with my team yesterday. I don't like the way I treated my spouse, my kids, this, and the last four months have put people to an ultimate test. So I think that the exciting part of that is once you see that it, you don't like it, that's when the opportunity for change really mm -hmm. happens. So to me, this is great timing and I appreciate you being on today. That was a lot of fun, man. I always enjoy our chats the yeah. first time we've recorded and shared it with the world. This is awesome. Thank you so much. All right, man. My pleasure. All right.